In each and every one's life, there are things that we choose and there are things that are chosen for us. We don't get to choose what type of household we are born into, what financial situation or even health situation that we are born into. We don't get to choose our circumstances, but the choices that we make each and every day have an impact on where we go. We don't get to choose the beginning of our life, but the choices we make will have a tremendous impact as they accumulate on the end of your life. And at the end of the day, when it comes to eternity, you may not have a choice in the type of life that you were given, the type of situation that you were born in. But at the end of the day, where you end up, the blame belongs to you. Because as long as you have breath, you have the ability to make a choice. So without further ado, Put on your spiritual scuba diving goggles and gear and all that stuff because we, as always, are about to dive deep. My name is Amani Akins and this is yet another episode of the Deeper Waters Podcast by Piscatas Bros. Every choice you make has a consequence. Now, there may be various reasons why you make the choices you make in different situations based on the background and different things that happened. But at the end of the day, no matter what the background, what the situation looks like, you will be held accountable and there will be consequences to each choice you make. Now, you may be fully justified in the reasoning in your own mind, but at the end of the day, A consequence is a consequence for the choices that you make. So we need to make sure, especially within our spiritual life, that we make good choices. Now, God has a plan for each and every one of us. In fact, his word says that it's not his will that anyone that is on this earth should perish, but all should have everlasting life. So. Without further ado, I want to get into our first scripture passage today, and that is found in John chapter 15 and starting with verse one. And Jesus is speaking here, saying, I am the true vine and my father is the husbandman. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away and every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it that it may it may bring forth more fruit. Now ye are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine. No more can ye expect, except ye abide in me. I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me ye can do nothing. If a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch, and is withered, and men gather them, and cast them into fire, and they are burned. If ye abide in me, and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what ye will, and it shall be done unto you. Herein is my Father glorified, that ye may bear much fruit, so shall ye be my disciples. As the Father 
hath loved me, so have I loved you. Continue ye in my love. If ye keep my commandments, ye shall abide in my love. We see here, this is how you abide in love, is by keeping the commandments of Jesus. Even as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love, these things have I spoken unto you, that my joy might remain in you, and that your joy might be full. This is my commandment, that ye love one another as I have loved you. Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. Ye are my friends, if ye do whatsoever I command you. Henceforth you, I call you, not servants, for the servant knoweth not what his Lord doeth. But I have called you friends, for all things that I have heard of my Father I have made known unto you. Ye have not chosen me, but I have chosen you, and ordained you, that ye should go and bring forth fruit, and that your fruit should remain. And whatsoever ye ask of the Father in my name, he may give it you. These things I command you, that ye love one another. If the world hates you, ye know that it hated me before it hated you. If ye were of this world, the world would love his own, but because ye are not of this world, but I have chosen you out of the world, therefore the world hateth you. Remember the word that I said unto you, the servant is not greater than his Lord. If they have persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they have kept my saying, they will keep yours also. But all these things will they do unto you for my name's sake, because they know not him that sent me. If I had not come and spoken unto them, they had not sinned. But now they have no cloak for their sin. He that hateth me hateth my father also. If I had done if I had not done among them the works which none other man did, they had not sinned. But now have they both seen and hated both me and my father. But this cometh to pass, that the word might be fulfilled that is written in their law. They hated me without a cause. But when the Comforter is come, whom I will send of Unto you from the Father, even the Spirit of truth which proceedeth from the Father, he shall testify of me, and ye shall bear witness, because ye have been with me from the beginning. Now, in this situation, Jesus is speaking to his disciples, and there's quite a few things that he mentioned here. He talked about comparing us to fruit-bearing trees that... If you don't produce anything, then you're going to just be cut off. But even when you are producing things, you're going to still need purge because in these purgings and these sufferings, you are going to be able to grow and to produce more effectively. Just like when you work out, it hurts to work out. It's not always fun to work out, but it makes you stronger and more effective in your daily life and your body will move more efficiently. Furthermore, we see that he talks about the father being within him and he abides in the father's love 
and we abide in his love. And when we abide in his love, he can abide in us. He is our mediator. Jesus is our mediator and our connection. Now, we know that we don't necessarily believe in a trinity, but we do believe in manifestations of God. And I'm going to go more in depth in this throughout the episode, but the father is a manifestation of God in heaven. And the son is the manifestation of God within the earth and within the flesh. But at the end of the day, Jesus Christ is Lord and he has come in the flesh and he is the fullness of the Godhead. And he's the thing that connects us to God. And Jesus is the only name that we have been given by which we have been saved. So we have this choice right here to love and not just any kind of love, but he told us what love means to follow his commandments, which means we must love him and that we must love each other. Now, I say this every episode and I refrain from saying this until now. But John 14, 15, John 15, 14, all of first John tell us what it means to love God, to follow his commandments. And honestly, you can simplify the entire Christian walk with two concepts. The two things you must do. And if you do these two things, I guarantee you everything will work out for you. You must learn to love God and you must learn to trust God. If you learn to love God and you learn to trust God, everything will work out. And more on that later. Now, that's a simple saying, but that is not an easy thing. But it is a choice that you have to make. But if you make that choice, he will abide in you. And how is that? He sent his spirit. He's going to send that comforter and he's already done that. And that is the Holy Spirit. Now, let's uh, elaborate on what he sent, that comforter, the spirit dwelling within you. Let's elaborate on that a little more. So Luke 17, 20 verses 20 through 21 say, and when he was demanded of the Pharisees, when the kingdom of God should come, he answered them and said, the kingdom of God cometh not with observation, neither say they low here or low there, for behold, the kingdom of God is within you. This goes back to the Lord's prayer. Do you understand what you are praying when you pray the Lord's prayer? You're not only praying about the love of God and you're not only talking about the trust. Actually, this is a conversation I had with the, some younger people that I've been doing Bible studies with. But one thing that we, I've learned recently is that the Lord's prayer is all about trust. But Furthermore, you have to understand the deeper revelations of this prayer, the most powerful prayer really we can pray. Read Revelation again if you haven't. We are not going straight to heaven. Do you understand what it's saying in this verse that I just read here? Read Revelation again if you haven't. We are not going straight to heaven. Do not confuse the kingdom of God for the kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of heaven is part of the kingdom of God, but the kingdom of God must take place on earth. There is not a rapture per se when you read Revelation, but you see there is a resurrection. 
We are going to reign on this earth first. His kingdom is at hand, and that is why we are here to preach peace. We are here full of his spirit, which is the kingdom, to declare his kingdom come and to declare peace. That is why our feet are shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. These are the plans of the gospel of peace. When someone goes to war, before they go to war, they see, do you want peace or do you want war? And that is what this time is until our king comes to declare war. And you see that come to pass uh, in Revelation. And you also see that prophesied in throughout different prophets, such as Isaiah and Jeremiah, Ezekiel, and so on. We have to understand that this is the kingdom come. When you pray in the Lord's prayer, thy kingdom come and thy will be done. This is what you're praying. You're praying for his kingdom to come on earth. It has not yet come. It is at hand, but it's not yet manifested because that is what we are doing. We are yielding ourselves as tools for Christ. He doesn't necessarily need us, but we have to willingly surrender to his kingdom now and to tell his gospel while we still have time and that is what he's patiently waiting for for the response of the whole earth and all we are are messengers and ambassadors of this kingdom to go forth and to preach the gospel of peace there's a reason why it's of peace because there is a time of peace there is a time when there will not be peace jesus christ is not coming back to bring peace that is why we are here to declare his gospel so people can make their own choice. I personally don't beat myself up when people do not respond to the gospel right away because at the end of the day, they need to get their own revelation and they need to make their own choice. However, I am still there to love them and to continue to encourage them to make the right decision. But at the end of the day, each and every person must make a choice. So the kingdom of God, we have the feet shot with the preparation of the gospel of peace. And these are the same feet that we will shake dust from. We will shake dust from our feet. Why? Because our feet are made. Blessed are the feet of those who declare the gospel of the kingdom. When we walk everywhere that we go, we are supposed to be living epistles. We are supposed to continuously speak and continuously pray for the places that we are at. But when people reject our peace, we shake the dust because when we shake that dust, that is bringing forth judgment. Now that's not for us, but that is for them. And you know, maybe they might change before God comes back, but it says it'll be worse for these people than it will be for Sodom and Gomorrah. And Sodom and Gomorrah went out very sad. So this is just a very important revelation that we must understand. But before I go too deep in this tangent, we see already that there are choices that everybody has to make. You as a servant, and not just a servant, but a friend of God who follows God, you have the choice to follow after God and to continue to declare his peace and to be led by this comforter in the kingdom, the spirit of the kingdom. Or you have a choice not to obey. And if you do not obey, you're not abiding in love. And that is the choice that you make. Furthermore, each person that you encounter has a choice that must be made. But like I said, I'm already going down this tangent. But before I go too far along and end up preaching from just one scripture, 
I'm going to go ahead and move on to the next passage that I have lined up here. And that is Ephesians chapter one. Ephesians did so much for my prayer life and for my spiritual life last year. And it continues to bless me every time I read it. Not that any other portion of the Bible is not, but praying for revelation. I'm telling you, that is probably one of the best things you can pray for outside of things that are found in the Lord's prayer. So picking up in verse one, it says, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God to the saints, which are at Ephesus and to the faithful in Christ Jesus. Grace be to you and peace from God, our father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be the God and father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings and heavenly places in Christ according as he hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. Remember the love we were talking about, abiding in the love of Jesus, which he abides in the love of the Father. But Jesus is the fullness of the Godhead bodily, so don't get too confused now. So picking up, in verse 5, having predestinated us into the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein he made us accepted in the beloved, in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace wherein he hath abounded toward us in all wisdom and prudence, having made known unto us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure, which he hath purposed in himself, that the dispensation of the fullness of times he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth even in him, in whom also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestined according to the purpose of him who worketh all things after the counsel of his own will. These are not two different people, just different manifestations. That we should be to the praise of his glory, who first trusted in Christ. In whom ye have trusted after that ye heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also after that ye believed, ye were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise, that comforter that we were talking about earlier, which is the earnest of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession unto the praise of his glory. Wherefore, I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and love unto all the saints, cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. So he's praying for them because not only their faith, but because of their love. We must have faith and love. So what does he pray for? Verse 17, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, 
that his calling and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints and what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us who believe according to the working of his mighty power, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places, far above all principality and power and might and dominion in every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come, and hath put all things under his feet and gave him to be head over all things to the church which is the body the fullness of him that filleth all in all so we see so much here for one that we see that it is from who our father which art in heaven hallowed it be his name thy kingdom come thy will be done we are asking for his will to be done and for that we need to have his wisdom and his revelation and knowledge in him it also says the eyes of your understanding be enlightened we know that jesus proceeded from god which he is jesus to us and we also know that he has a name that nobody knows and that mentions that in revelation so for all those who are like, oh, Jesus is not the name, blah, blah, blah. Well, Jesus is the name that we are given under heaven. We are under heaven, so we must obey Jesus. Jesus is God in the fullness of the Godhead bodily. But what I'm talking about here is it says Jesus is the word. And he is also the word that was spoken from the beginning, which is let there be light. Light is not only light that makes us see, which gives us revelation, but light is also compared to knowledge. Light is compared to giving enlightenment within our mind and in our spirits. So when we have Jesus and we are in Christ and his love, we are in the light. If you are walking in any other knowledge, that's why it says if your eye be full of darkness, the light of your eye be darkness. How great the darkness be if you are confused by what light, by what knowledge and what wisdom that you have. That's what I concluded with on the last episode, talking about water and stuff like that. What wisdom, what well you're drawing from, what light you're getting, then that is going to have an impact on what you see. You're either going to live in revelation or you're going to live in deception. That is a choice that you have to make. This inheritance comes from God. We also know that this Holy Spirit that he's given us is supposed to seal us. This is the promise that he's given us, this inheritance. We are going to inherit the earth. We are going to inherit the world first before we go into the new heaven and the new earth. When you read in Revelation, before it talks about a new heaven and earth, it talks about Christ reigning in the earth for a thousand years that is what is the first resurrection and then after that a thousand years it talks about not a second resurrection it talks about a second death when people are pulled out of the sea and out of hell and out of the earth to be judged and then after that there is a new heaven and a new earth that is mentioned and all the old things will be passed away so we have to walk with this revelation and this proper understanding of what is to come so at the end of the day we have a choice to listen and follow after this inheritance until we 
have this redemption. We have to hold on and be guided by this until the redemption. So it's not enough just to be filled, but we actually have to follow it and walk in faith and walk in love until this comes to pass. And as we walk in this power, we will understand the power that he's given to us and we will understand what God has given and given us. It talks about from the very beginning that he has blessed us with spiritual blessings in heavenly places. So this earth is not all there is to inherit. That's why this world is not our home forever. But this is where we the first resurrection is going to take place. So furthermore, it also talks about all principalities and power and might and dominion and everything that is in every name which is named, not only in this world, but also which is to come, will be put under his feet. There's a reason why it says heaven is his throne and earth is his footstool, because everything in this earth must be put under his feet. And that is exactly what is being happened every time the gospel is preached until he comes back and earth will be completely under his footstool. He's letting Satan have his time. He's letting people have their time to make their choices. But it, he said he's going to be patient, even going back to the scripture where it talks about it is not his will that anyone should perish, but all should come to everlasting life. He's giving people time to make their decision. He's, cho he's chosen everybody. He, want, he loved the world and gave himself that all should be saved. But at the end of the day, he's made his choice. We have to make our own. So we need to make sure that we make the choice not to just serve him, but to continue to further his kingdom, because it talks about how a lot of the prophecies are not going to come to pass until the whole earth, every tribe, every tongue and nation has heard the gospel. Now, at the end of the day, everybody will bow and knee to him at the end of the day. But outside of that, we need to make sure that we are doing our part in spreading the gospel of peace, which is the gospel of Jesus Christ. So moving on to the next scripture here, we have first Corinthians chapter one and verse one. It says, Paul called to be an apostle of Jesus Christ through the will of God and Sothenes, our brother, unto the church of God, which is at Corinth, to them that are sanctified in Christ Jesus and called to be saints with all that all that in every place call upon the name of Jesus Christ our Lord, both theirs and ours. Grace be unto you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God always on your behalf for the grace of God which is given you by Jesus Christ, that in everything ye are enriched by him in all utterance and all knowledge even as the testimony of Christ was confirmed in you, so that ye come behind in no gift, waiting for the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, who shall also confirm you unto the end that ye may be blameless. It's so interesting how many times it talks about being without blame, being blameless. We want to be blameless by talking about the testimony of Christ and letting that be confirmed in us and living in his love by living in his love. That means we have to forgive. And that also means that we have to confess our faults and be humble. 
So when we do those things and live in love and live in humility, if we humble ourselves and pray and turn from our wicked ways, then he will heal our land. So when we live in this way, we are living blameless until the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. We need to let him cleanse us so that we can be without blame when his kingdom comes. Because none of the uncleanness is going to be able to be in the kingdom of God. So continuing on. Verse 8, I'll read that again. Who shall also confirm you unto the end, that ye may be blameless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ? God is faithful by whom ye were called unto the fellowship of his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Now I beseech you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that ye all speak the same thing, that there be no division among you, but that ye be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. For it hath been declared unto me of you, my brethren, by them which are of those of the house of Chloe, that there are contentions among you. Now I say this, that every one of you saith, I am of Paul, and I of Apollos, and I of Cephas, and I of Christ. Is Christ divided? Was Paul crucified for you? Or were you baptized in the, pay attention here, in the name of Paul, not by Paul, but in the name of Paul? I thank God that I baptized none of you, but Crispus and Gaius, lest any of you say, that I had baptized in my own name, in my own name. So we see right here for one, he's rebuking division. We must be in one mind and one accord in the truth. You divide only from things that are not true. But if we have the same spirit of truth, there is no reason for division. The church and the Holy Ghost fell when everybody was in one mind and in one accord. Furthermore, when Paul is talking here, he says he's not talking about he's happy that he did not baptize people because there are people that he baptized, but he's happy because people were trying to cause confusion and division, not just between each other, but they were also trying to divide people based on how they were baptized in the name of something. It would be blasphemous for him to be them to be baptized in the name of Paul, but people would have claimed that just to have pride. They were separating being a disciple of Paul versus Apollos and even Christ himself. So he's happy not that because he didn't want to baptize people, but he's happy that people could not say that he baptized them in his name because that would have caused further division in the church. That is the only reason why he rejoiced over that. So we see here, you still need to follow God's instruction. And John, it talks about how no one can enter the kingdom of God except they be baptized in the water and in the spirit you cannot enter the kingdom of god now for this to be activated jesus had to die the reason why we are baptized is to represent his death and our resurrection power which is through the spirit and his kingdom is fulfilled in both of those actions remember to love him means to follow his commandments and he commanded this that this should not only be done but this should be taught that is the point of being disciple is to teach these things and to continue to delve into the wisdom of god so just continuing on here baptism is essential and it must be in the name of jesus that is how we are in christ because Jesus is the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and that is the only baptism recorded by the church in Acts. It's not refutable. It is not refutable. Read it for yourself. Don't argue with me. 
I'm not even trying to make an argument. Just read the book for what it says. Look at what happened. The disciples were not disobedient. They did exactly what Jesus said to baptize in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost, which that name singular, not the names, the name singular is Jesus Christ. But before I go too far on that tangent, let me continue. That's a choice you have to make. Talking about being chosen, you were chosen by God, but you have to make the choice to obey him. So get baptized in Jesus name as soon as you can. But picking up at verse 15, lest any of you should say that I had been baptized in mine own name, in mine own name, not by me, but in mine own name. Verse 16, and I baptized also the household of Stephanas. Besides, I know not whether I baptized any other. For Christ sent me not to baptize, but to preach the gospel, not with wisdom of words, lest the cross of Christ should be made of none effect. For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness, but unto us which are saved, it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and shall bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. Where is the wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the disputer of this world? Hath not God made foolish the wisdom of this world? For after that, in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God. It pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. For the Jews require a sign that the Greeks seek after wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified unto the Jews, a stumbling block and to unto the greeks foolishness but unto them which are called both jews and greeks christ the power of god and the wisdom of god because the foolishness of god is wiser than men and the weakness of god is stronger than men for ye see your calling brethren how that not many wise men after the flesh not many mighty not many noble are called but God hath chosen the foolish things of this world to confound the wise. And God hath chosen the weak things of this world to confound the things which are mighty. And base things of this world hath he, which are despised, hath he chosen. Yea, and things which are not to bring not those things which are that no flesh should glory in his presence but of him are ye in christ jesus whom of god is made unto us wisdom and righteousness and sanctification and redemption that according as it is written he that glorieth let him glory in the lord so right here we see that God wants to use the foolish things to confound the wise. And that is one thing I don't really understand how people want to wait until they get a title and they want to wait until somebody is polished up to put them in ministry. God is going to do the transformation. You just have to teach. You don't have to force. You just have to teach and let God do the work of revelation. He said to teach, to baptize, and to continue teaching. Never stop growing in Christ until the day that you die. But one thing that I don't like that I see all the time is when you see people doing ministry, maybe on the not so clean side of town or in rough or with homeless people, people who 
the world would call crazy are the people who actually bring the most people to church and the most people into the kingdom of God. You cannot underestimate anyone. In fact, I know I was reading in Luke, I don't remember the specific chapter at the moment, but it was talking about how he was separating the sheep from the goats and the sheep who he said, blessed are you guys, were the ones that fed the poor and visited those in jail and visited all these people who were despised by the world. But the goats, he said, get out, you're done. Why? Because not they said they thought they were doing the will of God, but they weren't because they did not love the least of these. So we need to make sure that we treat everybody with impartiality, have charity that does not fail and is equal. We must love everyone equally. Moreover, God has chosen you and he created you for a specific person purpose. And. He might use you in ways that you don't think you can be used, but that is the point that he can get glory out of the change that has taken place in you because that's what he's destined you here to do. And it talks about this wisdom and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. It's not for everybody, but it's for who is in Christ Jesus, which is why you must be baptized in his name. Be baptized in Jesus name, the only name that has all power and all authority, especially the only name that we can be saved by under our heaven. So while we are on this earth, you have one choice that is very vital to make to be baptized in his name, because this is how you get this wisdom. This is how you have the access to this righteousness and to the sanctification and to this redemption. It is very important that we do this. So continuing on one major theme of this season of the podcast has been Romans chapter eight, focusing on being chosen. You have a choice to make. One of those choices, as we said, is to be baptized and another choice is to love without impartiality. Once we, like we said earlier, from the very beginning, you have to abide in love and the love of God is to obey him and not only in obeying him and his commandments, but to love one another. And that even includes your enemy. So continuing on Romans chapter eight, verse one, starting with verse one, there's therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit, just pausing right then. You're going to notice here that it says for them that are in Christ. For example, verse two even says for the law of the spirit of life and Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and in death. You must be in Christ Jesus, which to abide in him means to abide in love. Love is the key, not just any kind of love, not the world's definition of love, but the biblical definition of love is how you abide in Christ and how you get this power. That is why the Bible says the greatest of these out of hope, out of faith and out of charity. The greatest thing out of all that is love. Out of hope, faith and love, the love is the greatest thing because the love will cause you to walk in everything else. It is through that love and abiding in Jesus Christ to be baptized in him and to put on his spirit and to be led by him in all of your ways, not 99%, but 100% of who you are and all that you do. When you are in Christ Jesus fully, you will not to live in condemnation. You will live under conviction and that conviction will give you motivation and not condemn you and cause you to stop 
So to continue on, uh, starting in verse three, it says, for what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, God sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin condemned sin in the flesh that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit for they that are after the flesh do mind that the things of the flesh, but they that are after the spirit the things of the spirit for to be carnally minded is death and to be spiritually minded is life and peace because the carnal mind is enmity against God for it is not subject to the law of God neither indeed can be so then they that are in the flesh cannot please God but ye are not in the flesh but ye are in the spirit if so be that the spirit of God dwell in you now if any man have not the spirit of Christ he is none of his and if Christ be in you the body is dead because of sin but the spirit is life because of righteousness but if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you he that raised up Jesus from the dead shall also quicken your mortal body by his spirit that dwelleth in you. Remember two episodes ago, we were talking about that resurrection power. That is what this is. And then a few episodes ago, quite a few, when we had that talk, talk, talk series, we talked about the soul and the mind. Your mind can either be yielded to your flesh or it can be yielded to the spirit. So we need to make the choice to yield to the spirit. Continuing on in verse in verse 12 therefore brethren we are debtors not to the flesh so we are debtors we are debtors but not to the flesh to live after the flesh for if you live after the flesh ye shall die but if you through the spirit do mortify the deeds of the body ye shall live for as many as are led by the spirit of god they are the sons of god for ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. The spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. Notice the spirit says, Abba, Father. This gives us the ability to call out to God and to be connected to God. So we must have the spirit. We must be in Christ. Verse 17 says, if, and if children, then heirs, heirs of what? Heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If so be that we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified. So the suffering was necessary to be glorified. And when you read in the gospels after he had died and rose again and resurrected, it talks about were not these sufferings necessary. The suffering is necessary to inherit glory. For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. For the earnest expectation of the creature waiteth for the manifestation of the sons of God. For the creature was made subject to vanity, a major theme of the podcast even from the first episode. We need to put off vanity, not willingly, but by reason of him who hath subjected him to the same in hope because the creature itself also shall be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation groaneth and travaileth in pain together until now. And not only they, but ourselves also, 
which have the first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves grown within ourselves, waiting for the adoption to with the redemption of our body. For we are saved by hope, but hope that is seen is not hope. For what a man seeth, why doth he yet hope for? But if we hope for that which we see not, then we do with patience wait for it. So we see we also have to wait on the Lord, but he is also waiting on us to make choices as well. So this is a two-way street. We are both waiting and being patient. We must be patient in this hope. Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities. For we know not what we should pray for as we ought. But the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And he that searcheth the hearts knoweth what the mind of the Spirit is, because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. And we know that all things work together for the good to them that love God, to them that are called according to his purpose. Once again, I'm going to emphasize this. It is not for those who God loves but for those who love God. That is a choice that you make. Now we'll read further and we will elaborate further on that point. So verse 29, for those for whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom he did predestinate, them he also called, and whom he called, them he also justified, and whom he justified, them he also glorified. What shall we say then to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It is God that justifieth. Who is he that condemneth? It is Christ that died, yea, rather, that is risen again, who is even at the right hand of God, who also maketh intercession for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or sword? As it is written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long, and we are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things to present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. So as long as we are abiding in his love, nothing can separate us. Now we know that God loves for free. God is loves everyone. He sent his son. The fact that he sent himself in that manifestation in the flesh, Jesus Christ is the Lord, and he did come in the flesh. We know that he did that because he loved the world. That was a choice. He chose that. He chosen. He has chosen those who are here to be a part of his kingdom. But we have to make that choice to love him because it doesn't say that all things work together for the good of those that he loves, but for those that love him. And we've already elaborated time after time what it means to love God, to obey him and to follow him and to love others. So. To obey God means to love him, and that is a choice that you must make. 
and those who abide in his love, those he did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son, that we may be like God. So when he calls us and we live in that love, then we will walk in the calling. And when you're walking in your calling in the grace that he gave you, then you will be justified and you will also be glorified. This is the love of God. You didn't have to ask for the love, but you do have to choose to love him back. You didn't have to ask for the grace, but it is your choice to walk by faith. You didn't have to ask for the breath of life, but you do have to choose to live. For the Bible says to live is Christ and to die is gain. But if you're not living in Christ, then you're not living at all. You didn't have to choose to be a child, but you do have to choose which father has custody. It talks about either serve God, our father, or Satan is your father. So that is up to you. That is your own choice. You didn't have to ask God to speak, but it is your choice to listen. Remember what happened when the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah. In Jeremiah chapter 1, the very beginning of Jeremiah, verses 5 through 10, it says, Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. Before thou comest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee, and I ordained thee a prophet unto the nations. Then I said, Ah, Lord God, behold, I cannot speak, for I am a child. But the Lord said unto me, Say not, I am a child, for thou shalt go to all that I send thee. And whatsoever I command thee, thou shalt thee, thou shalt speak. Be not afraid of their faces, for I am with thee to deliver thee, saith the Lord. Then the Lord put forth his hands and touched my mouth. And the Lord said, Behold, I have put my words in thy mouth. See, I have this day set thee over nations and over kingdoms to root out and to pull down and to destroy and to throw down and to build and to plant. So he was given authority by God. Notice here, too, that he was called from the very beginning. He had a destiny from the very beginning, and it didn't matter what it looked like in the situation that he was in and what he felt like he was. If God called you, then he will enable you. He will give you the ability to do something. You cannot tell the creator how the product should function. You are the product. So if the creator created you, he knows what you are capable of, especially through him. Furthermore, we see that the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah. The word of the Lord did not just come for Jeremiah, but he came for you as well. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, who is Jesus, who is the word of God. And the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Also remember what Psalm 19 says, the law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul and the testimony of the Lord is sure making wise the simple. We saw just a little bit ago talking about how God uses the simple things, the things that are foolish to this world to confound the wise. And that is through the testimony of the Lord for the testimony of Jesus, is the spirit of prophecy. That is what makes us able to walk in this anointing and able to be kings and priests. This is the anointing that God has given us. But this all comes down to a choice. The word is there. His calling is there. His choice is there. But we have to make our choice. Do we want to follow it? Do we want to listen to it? That is an individual choice that we all must make.
So with the concluding scripture here, I want to turn to first Peter chapter two and starting with verse one, it says, wherefore laying aside all malice and all guile and all hypocrisies and all envies and all evil speakings as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word that ye may grow thereby. If so be that ye have tasted that the Lord is gracious to whom coming as unto a living stone, disallowed indeed of men, but chosen of God and precious. Ye also as lively stones, as living stones, are built up to a spiritual house, a holy priesthood, to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. Wherefore also it is contained in the scripture, Behold, I lay in Zion a chief cornerstone, elect precious, and he that believeth on him shall not be confounded. Unto you therefore which believe, he is precious, but unto them which be disobedient, the stone which the builders disallowed, the same is made the head of the corner. And a stone of stumbling block and a rock of offense, even to them which stumble at the word, being disobedient, whereunto they were appointed. Remember, obedience is better than sacrifice, and obedience is the love of God. So if you're not abiding in the love of God, you're going to stumble, and you're not going to understand the word of God. Verse 9, but ye are chosen, a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, and a holy nation, a peculiar people, that ye should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light, which in time past were not a people, but are now the people of God, which had not obtained the mercy, but now have obtained mercy. Dearly beloved, I beseech you as strangers and pilgrims, abstain from fleshly lust, which war against the soul. This is a choice. Remember, we were talking about in that talk, talk, talk episode. And if you haven't listened to that, I recommend that you listen to that again. Verse part one and part two as they connect. But this is a choice you have to make. To go and abstain from fleshly lust. Verse 12, having your conversion honest among the Gentiles, whereas they speak evil, speak against you as evildoers, that they may be by your good works, that they may behold and glorify God in the day of visitation. Submit yourselves to every ordinance of man for the Lord's sake, whether it be a king be to the king as supreme or unto governors as unto them that are sent by him for them that are sent by him for the punishment of evildoers and for the praise of them that do well for so is the will of god that ye that with well-doing ye may put to silence the ignorance of foolish men as free and not using your liberty as for a cloak of maliciousness but as servants of god honor all men Love the brotherhood, fear God, and honor the king. Servants, be subject to your masters with all fear, not only to the good and gentle, but also to the forward. For this is thankworthy. If a man for conscience toward God endure grief and suffering wrongfully, for what glory is it when ye be buffeted for your faults? Ye shall take it patiently, but when ye do well and suffer for it, 
ye take it patiently. This is acceptable with God. For even here unto were ye called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that ye should follow his steps. Who did no sin, neither was guile found in his mouth, who when he was reviled, reviled not again, and when he suffered, he threatened not, but committed himself to him that judges righteously. So we see even Christ himself had to make a decision to continue to love and to continue to follow after his calling, even when it didn't make sense and even in the midst of persecution. But he was rewarded for that with power and authority. In verse 24, who is his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree that we being dead to sins should live unto righteousness by whose stripes ye were healed for ye were as sheep going astray but are now returned unto your shepherd and the bishops of your soul we see this is a choice that we must make if we accept jesus christ in our life then we have him as the shepherd of our souls there's a lot of things we can't control in our life. There's a lot of situations that may seem unfair within our life. But at the end of the day, while you still have breath, you have the opportunity to be blameless. You still have the opportunity to live in peace. You still have the opportunity to have change in your life. You have the opportunity to be filled with power and authority within the spirit. So if you choose this shepherd, Remember a psalm like Psalm 23 as I begin to close out this episode in prayer. So I'll begin praying with Psalm 23. The Lord is our shepherd, our sh we shall not want. He maketh us to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth us beside still waters. He restoreth our souls. He maketh us, leadeth us down the path of righteousness for his name's sake. And yea, though we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, we shall fear no evil, for thou art with us. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort us. Thou prepared a table for us in the presence of our enemies. Thou anointest our head with oil, and our cup runneth over. Surely mercy, goodness and mercy shall follow us all the days of our life, and we shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Now, of course, I included all of us into that, but that is what King David wrote down in that psalm. He chose God as his shepherd, and we must choose as well. This is a choice that you have to make. Do you want to abide in his love and the plan that he has for us? Or do you want to try to find out things your own way and get your own results? Every choice you make has a consequence. And I pray that you make ones full of the wisdom of God and your creator. So, as I come to a close, let us close out with prayer. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. We thank you, Lord, for your word, and we thank you for your power, and we thank you for the revelation that you've given us. May your light shine down upon us and be within us as treasure, Lord. May your light shine within us and be shown and not hid under a bushel. I pray that you would fill us with all knowledge, wisdom, and understanding in the kingdom, not just any kind of knowledge, not just any kind of wisdom, but wisdom within you, to obey you and to follow you 
in the way that you want us. Help us to be full of faith and boldness to proclaim your gospel and to proclaim your kingdom and to be patient even when it looks like things do not go our way. I pray that you would bless every person that is listening to this podcast with peace and that you would give them direction and give them revelation in every situation that they face in life and that they will continue to trust you and to trust your word. I thank you, Jesus, for all that you've done, and I praise your holy name. You are worthy of all the praise, and we will continue to walk in your power and to proclaim your gospel. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. So thank you guys all for listening. It has been a interesting time trying to get these podcasts recorded. A lot of them have been recorded pretty late, but at the end of the day, this is these episodes have been so random honestly i have a lot of things planned but honestly every time i turn on the mic something brand new comes and this is not my usual flow i even talked about this from the very beginning of this season but trust god remember what i said this life comes down to it's pretty simple all you have to learn to do is to love and to trust God. That is simple, but it's not always the easiest thing to do, but it is worth it. So I pray that each and every one of you have a great day. And as always, continue to reach out. If you have any questions or have any feedback, uh, feel free to re rate our podcast on Spotify. And also you can rate the podcast and leave a review on Apple Podcasts. But until next time, thank you guys all for listening and God bless you all in Jesus name.